0: From New York City, the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men and 1,036 leading retail stores from coast to coast present the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Tonight's story The Adventure of the Serpent God. And so here we are once again at Dr. Watson's cheerful book-lined study. But let's not keep our Sherlock Holmes fans waiting. What's tonight's adventure to be, Doctor?
1: Tonight I think I'll tell you how Holmes prevented a bloodthirsty Hindu uprising. It all occurred because we unearthed the meeting place of an East Indian cult who worshipped the serpent god.
0: Mm, sounds promising.
1: Yes, it was a weird and unearthly sitting for one of our most hair-raising encounters with that arch-criminal the notorious Professor Moriarty.
0: Ah, Professor Moriarty. Sherlock Holmes always got a run for his money when he matched wits with Professor Moriarty. And that reminds me if any of our friends and listeners are thinking of investing in a new spring suit or overcoat, I think we can safely promise them more than a run for their money if they'll take a look at the clothes that Clippercraft is now showing in their favorite local
1: store. Right you are, Mr. Harris. And, you know,
0: you'll get something else very important from the great Clippercraft plan Besides remarkable quality and downright sensational value, you get uniformity. The assurance that every Clippercraft suit, top coat, or sport jacket you buy is equal to all the others in smart appearance and performance. As you know, the Clippercraft plan concentrates the buying power of 1,036 of the nation's finest stores from coast to coast. Its operation is year round, resulting in tremendous economies in manufacturing and distribution costs. And that's how you get fine fitting, beautifully tailored, expensive looking Clippercraft suits for only $40 and $45. Outstanding top coats in fine coverts and worsted gabardine for only $40 and $45. And smart sport jackets for only $26.50. Take a look around. Compare Clippercraft with clothes selling for many dollars more. And now, Dr. Watson, back to Professor Moriarty and the Adventure of the Serpent God.
1: Mm, Yes, Mr. Harris. It was latish one May evening in the early 1900s. I had been out on an emergency case and was returning in the soft spring twilight. As I reached 221B Baker Street, I looked up to see a light in the windows of our sitting room. Holmes' long, lank silhouette was pacing back and forth in the lamplight... From the nervous vitality of his movements, I gathered he was working on a new case. I let myself in the front door and bounded up the steps. Uh, you what, doctor? Well, I I hurried upstairs. Uh, Evening, Holmes. What's up?
2: A case, Watson. I'm expecting word from our latest client. Now, don't remove your hat and gloves. From his note, I gather he'll want us to go to him at once.
1: Oh, then it's urgent.
2: I suspect it's more than urgent, Watson. The stability of the Empire may well depend on our efforts tonight. Oh, now really, oh. I'm not (laughs) exaggerating, Watson. I leave that to you. However, I don't think anyone will underrate the unrest that's seething in India these days. The slightest spark may set off an
1: explosion. Granted, but how does that affect us? As a matter of fact, my friend Hockey... You remember young Wells Hockrider of the Foreign Office? Oh, naturally. He's the one who always looked as if he'd just swallowed his monocle.
2: Don't let that air of fatuous imbecility fool you, Watson. Hiding behind that simple facade is one of the most alert brains in England. Not counting my own, of course. Oh, conceit. That's why he's been assigned to the Maharaja.
1: He'll have his hands full. Those East Indian potentates are a slippery lot. I wouldn't trust one around a corner with my second best stethoscope.
2: Prejudice, Watson. Pure prejudice. I met this one several years ago at the Royal Garden Party. Rather decent sort. We've corresponded ever since. Holmes,
1: you're wonderful. You know everything and everybody. Tell me about your Rajo. Which one is he?
2: He's the Maharaja of Banjoram, the small, warlike mountain kingdom in the north of India. Sounds vaguely familiar. Well, you've undoubtedly heard of the Banjoram stables. The Maharaja is interested in racehorses and higher education. He leads a rather quiet life in his villa outside of Paris, where the famous professors from the Sorbonne come to give him advanced lectures in private sounds placid enough quite his life i may say was completely serene and uninteresting until his heir came to visit him
1: nothing abnormal about that sons frequently upset the even tenor of their father's ways
2: oh but prince jinnah is not the maharaja's son he's his half-brother different mothers and all that you know it wasn't until it became apparent that the maharaja would never have a son of his own that anyone took any interest in this boy at all i don't believe the maharaja had even met him until he sent for him last autumn he suddenly decided it was high time the lad became
1: exposed to a British education. Oh, poor devil. Imagine being suddenly chucked into the midst of an English public school after being pampered darling of a high-caste Indian household.
2: The Maharaja of Banjoram has some sense, Watson. He did not chuck him into a school, as you so inelegantly express it. He decided to break the boy in with a good tutor. Upon explaining his position to the Foreign Office, they decided the situation was sufficiently important to assign young Wells Harkrider to the post.
1: Hmm. As the twig is bent.
2: Exactly. The Maharaja of Banjoram has always been quite well disposed toward our government. Unfortunately, that's more than can be said for some of the gentlemen who have managed to ease their way into high positions in his country.
1: How did the Maharaja and his young half-brother get along?
2: Very well indeed. That is, until three weeks ago, when Hark Rider and the young prince had their first encounter with the dark-faced man with burning eyes. who, shortly after tea time. Harki and the prince were just emerging from the Strand entrance of the Savoy Hotel, where they had a suite of rooms. Suddenly, a strange, ragged-looking man seized the prince and pressed his forehead to the back of the boy's hand.
3: Salutations, O true son of the father of all lizards. You followers await you, for you the god will speak. Do not fail him.
4: Do not fail. Who was that man, Gina? I do not know, Mr. Harkrider, but you saw his eyes and his head. It moved from side to side like a great snake. What's the matter, boy? You're trembling. Your hands are as cold as ice. Your... your hand. What is that mark on the back of your hand? Aye! I... It is the sign!
2: Ever since then, Watson, the boy's been a nervous wreck. Harkrider says he looks positively haunted. Then, the night after the boy's encounter with a strange derelict, Harkrider woke in the night and found him missing from his bed. Why not ask for police protection? The Maharaja forbids it. Harkrider drew him the design he'd seen on the back of the boy's hand. The Maharaja apparently recognized its significance, but will tell Harkrider nothing. He says calling in the British authorities might very well cause another black hole of Calcutta.
1: Good Lord, Holmes, then it is serious.
2: That, my dear Watson, is the impression I've been trying to convey for the last half hour.
1: Did the Harkrider's message explain what the symbol on the boy's hand looked like? Yes. It's drawn here at the bottom of his letter. Hmm. A simple bit of cockography. Looks rather like the eye part of the large hook and eye. It's
2: not as innocent as that, Watson. It's the same mark that appears on the hood of the King Cobra. In India, that's the symbol of the serpent god.
1: By Jove, I see what you mean, Holmes. Then you think the boy may be mixed up in some diabolical East Indian cult.
2: I fancy the mystery's even uglier than that. You remember the description of the beggar who left the symbol on the boy's hand? Mm-hmm. The burning eyes. The head that oscillated slowly from side to side.
1: Good heavens, that could be a description of Professor Moriarty. Oh, but you said uh, his skin was dark.
2: (laughs) There are many stains, Watson, that can
1: be used to colour a man's skin. But why have they waited till now to call you in on the case? What makes you think Harkrider will be around tonight? This little figurine. Beautifully carved, isn't it? Oh, a fascinating bit of ugliness body of a man and the head of a cobra.
2: The cobra guard again. It seems this carving was found on Prince Gina's bed when he returned from his afternoon's walk. Harkrider said the boy fainted dead away when he saw it.
1: Sounds sinister, eh, Holmes?
2: Harkrider told the Maharaja about the occurrence, of course. The Maharaja seems to think this figure is some sort of summons. He believes the boy will try to disappear again tonight. Consequently, Harkrider sending a cab for us as soon as the boy retires. We're to pick him up at the embankment exit of the Savoy. Yes, I, I hear a carriage driving up to our curb. Don't forget your revolver, Watson. Mm. Aha! The game's afoot. The chase begins.
1: Holmes, we've been sitting out here in this blasted camp for over an hour. What's happened to Hawk Rider? What if the boy slipped out of the other other entrance? Calm yourself,
2: Watson. Harkrider's stationed behind some potted palms in the lobby inside where he can watch both doors. And
1: what if the boy decides to stay quietly in his little bed? I say, Holmes, that's the third time that policeman has flashed his lantern at us. First thing you know, he'll be asking some embarrassing questions.
2: Well, don't answer them. Just pretend we're gentlemen in from the country who've had a bit of a celebration and are sitting in the cab because we like horses.
1: Holmes, you're the most angry... Hello. There's a slight figure coming through the doorway now. Yes, it must be the young prince. He's hailing a cab. Get ready, driver. There goes his cab, Holmes. Well, what are we waiting for?
2: For Harky, confound him. Here he comes, on the run. Open the door, Watson. We'll pick him up as we go. Follow that cab, driver. There's a fiver in it for you if you don't let him out of your sight.
3: found this fog.
2: It's
1: getting so thick we can't see the cab up ahead.
2: Calm yourself, Hartrider. They can't go any faster than we can. As long as we can hear their horse's hooves, they can't get away from us.
1: We must be near the river,
2: Holmes. Hear those horns. Yes, we've just passed London docks, to be exact, my dear Watson. How
1: do you know? Don't tell me you can see any further through this pea super than I can. Possibly not,
2: Watson, but I can smell... The warehouses here contain the most varied and fascinating cargos in the whole port. Wines, hides, rubber, drugs, iodine, coffee, spices, cocoa, quicksilver. To mentioned just a handful. And on our left, we should be approaching whopping old stairs. If you listen carefully, you can hear the lapping of the water.
1: Not with that thing blatting away, you can't... I say, what do you
2: suppose that boy is headed for in this district? Has it ever occurred to you, Harkrider, how many Laskers and Hindus are employed in the docks in this part of London? Oh, funny, I'd forgotten that. As a matter of fact, I would almost forgotten London had a port. Most Londoners do. Ask the average Englishman what's the largest port in the United Kingdom, and chances are he'll answer Liverpool or Plymouth or Southampton. Well, aren't they? My dear Watson, the exports and imports of the Port of London more than equal in value, any two of them combined.
1: What's up? We're stopping.
2: Well, we're going on turned into Tunnel Pier Road. How can you tell that? By the rumbling of the trains going through the tunnel. I can't hear a blasted thing. Neither can I, but I can feel them. So could you if your senses were properly developed. Yes, near here used to be the site of Execution Dock where Captain Kidd and other pirates were hanged in chains at low water and left for three times.
1: Holmes, if you must give us a cook's tour of the district, couldn't you pick some cheerful items to lecture about?
2: Carriage ahead stopped. Wait here, Driver. Out you go, Watson. Mm-hmm. You too, right Righto. Yes. There's the boy up ahead. He's feeling his way along the wall.
1: He's stopped. He is tapping out some kind of signal on the wall. By Jove. I see. The wall is opening. I saw no sign of a doorway. Now it's closing after him. but It works mechanically. What, Watson? Don't let it shut. It's our one chance to
2: follow the boy. Stick your foot in the crack, Hurry. Oh! Ooh. Now what? Ooh, I did as you told me. The blasted door's oh. killing me. Hark Rider, take the cab and go back to the Savoy and get the Maharaja of Banjoram. Bring him here. Shall I fetch a platoon of police as well, just in case? I don't imagine he'll let you. Here, make a mark on the wall so you can find the door again. Done. Now then, Watson, slip inside the door. Right. Quick, before the guard finds it's not closed.
1: Hurry back, Harkrider. Chin up, Holmes. Be back in a jiffy. Seems to be some sort of courtyard with carved walls. Weird, grotesque carvings. Holmes, they look horrible in the light of that flickering lantern
2: up ahead. Those carvings represent East Indian deities. As you say, Watson, they are not
1: nice. Look, Holmes, a tall man in a fierce beard and wearing a turban has stepped into the light of the lantern.
2: Yes, he'll be a sick, very warlike tribe, Watson. I imagine he's on sentry duty. There must be an entrance through that archway.
1: What of it? We'll never get
2: by him. I only hope he doesn't discover us. Right. I don't think he'd hesitate to use that large knife he has sticking in his belt.
1: I say, what's that?
2: Another customer has arrived at the door in the wall, I imagine. Yes. Here comes the sentry to let him in. What can we do? He'll find us. No, there's an empty niche above our heads. Step on my hands, Watson. Right. You go. Uh, yeah. Now, give me your hand. But, uh, but he ho But won't see us up here? I don't think so. It's a well-established fact that a man seldom looks above his head. Yes. Here he comes. Pretend to be a statue. Look grotesque. It shouldn't be too difficult.
1: Phew. He's gone on by. I didn't dare breathe. Here's our
2: chance to find out what's beyond the archway. Quick. We'll have to run for it, Juan. He's still busy at the outer door.
0: So, while our two friends are trying to sneak past the guard, let's discuss your spring wardrobe. Will it be comfortable? Will it wear? Is it good looking? Well, naturally, these questions are on your mind when you buy a new suit or topcoat. The same questions Clippercraft asked themselves long ago and answered by bringing you the finest values you've ever seen at an outstanding local independent store. Clippercraft invented the unique Clippercraft plan that concentrates the buying power of 1036 stores across the nation. Now, the plan's the reason for those amazing values which are yours, even in this era of high prices. Clippercraft suits that look much more costly for only $40 and $45, top coats and fine coverts and worsted gabardine at only $40 and $45, and sport jackets at only $26.50. Yes, selling expensive clothes at inexpensive low prices at the nation's finest independent stores is the great big idea behind the Clippercraft plan. That's why men who know insist on Clippercraft clothes. So be sure to visit the Clippercraft store in your city.
4: These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clippercraft in your suit, top coat, and overcoat. In Manhattan, John Wanamaker Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street. Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th. In Brooklyn, Abraham and Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge Newark. And in Jamaica, the B and B Clothes Shop, one sixty four oh eight Jamaica Avenue.
0: And now back to Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson, who have managed to sneak inside the unguarded doorway. Oh.
1: Holmes. It's a great heathen temple in the heart of London. The incense is almost as thick as the fog outside. There must be hundreds of people in here, all bowing before that horrible idol. More than horrible, Watson.
2: It's the serpent god. Servant of Shiva, the destroyer. Now what? I don't know. Here, hide behind this wall curtain.
1: Holmes! Here comes the priest, or magician, or whatever they call him. He's even uglier than the statue of the god. That is the guru, Watson. It's a mask he's wearing.
2: Aha! Notice how his head moves from side to side. We shall soon know, Watson. We shall soon know.
1: Look. There's the boy. He's approaching the priest. Holmes, what's wrong with him? walks as if he'd been hypnotized
5: quiet Watson the guru is going to speak son
3: of sons you've done well to come I speak for the great one our lord of the cobras I say to you that you are doomed
2: that's Mariante's voice right enough
3: your youth will fade your limbs wither Your mind shrivel and decay and your soul be damned to eternal torment unless you heed my words. Heed and obey. You are to kill. No, no. It is so decreed tonight. You shall hear what you must do from the Great One himself. You are honored above all men. The Lord of Serpents will speak to you. Bow down and listen.
1: Holmes to make the idol talk.
5: Jinnah is chosen, but first the throne must be purified. He will kill the Maharaja, his brother, and rule in his place. The temples of the god have been profaned. They can be cleansed only with blood. Rivers of blood, the blood of all white people who live in Banjora.
1: Holmes, this is outrageous. How do they make the idols say such horrible things? It's Moriarty. When he
2: bows to the ground, he puts his mouth to a sort of grillwork. Unless I'm very much mistaken, it hides a speaking tube.
1: But what does he expect
2: gain by all this hocus-pocus? Quiet, Watson. He's getting ready to speak again in his own voice.
3: When you are on the throne, O son of the serpent, you will need advice and wise Counsel. The god of the cobras has spoken to me in the night. He has appointed me to be your advisor. Ah,
2: now we come to the point of the argument. Holmes, we must warn the Maharaja. We can't leave now, Watson. We shall have to wait until everyone else is gone.
3: What's that for? Now let the music call the Great Ones. Oh. The cobras, let them come from their hiding places. They shall dance for their new
1: king. Holmes, they have cobras, live cobras in this place. Look, they're coming out of those little windows along the wall near the floor. How perfectly vile. Look at them writhing and swaying to the music. Steady, Watson, steady. Holmes, we are standing in front of one of those little windows... There's something crawling over my foot. Stand still don't move. It's turned. It's raising its head.
2: your nerve, Watson, don't
1: Got it! Sorry, his of spilt their head off! Who's there?
2: That
3: are spies! Behind that curtain, capture them!
2: We're in for it this time, Watson. Give me your revolver. I'll stand them off as long as possible. Over here, Watson. Tied, hand
1: and foot. It's black as pitch in here. If only Harkrider would get back, he might be able to help us. Seems as if he's been gone for hours. Holmes, you don't suppose he's lost his
2: way in the fog? That, my dear Watson, is an unfortunate possibility. Ah, seems we're about to have a visitor, Watson.
5: We meet for the last time, Sherlock Holmes. Once more, you have been foolish enough to meddle in my plans. This time, I think, will be the last.
2: (laughs) Such a pity, Moriarty. You're going to miss our little passages at arms.
5: Possibly, but you have made too great a nuisance of yourself lately, my dear adversary. In a very little while, I shall leave you and take my place again before the image of the serpent god, which is just above this little room. Then four slaves will come. They will carry you before the altar for the final rites. It will soon be over. First, Dr. Watson shall be sacrificed to the image. You shall watch him die, Holmes.
1: And then. You devil, you inhuman fiend. You. (laughs) You
5: do not approve my plans. So sorry. Listen. Here come the men to carry you to the temple. The fat one. Place him on the ground. Now. Now bring the box of cobras.
1: It's all my fault, Holmes. Chin up,
5: Watson. Roger. Holmes.
1: Holmes. Something's happening to the door. They're breaking it down.
5: Where are the guards? Who dares to enter here? Give
1: way, you fools. Give way for his Highness. This Hawk Rider and the old boy himself. Even the
3: Maharaja does not dare interfere with the servants of the Serpent God. You are wrong, O oh
4: Father of Unclean Lizards. If you were a real serpent of your Cobra Gods, you'd know that I am the earthly arm, the voice and the will of the God who rules your gods, the most terrible of all. See here his ring on my hand. I am the earthly representative of Shiva, the Destroyer. Oh. Get up from your faces you fools. Release those two men. And seize this other who is no holy man of India. Seize his skin while I tear away his garments. Oh, he is a white man, and a criminal.
5: You think I have no way of escape? Then watch.
1: Mariotti, he's gone. He had a secret door at the base of the idol. After him all of you.
4: I say, do you think they'll catch him? Oh, possibly not, but I must say I'm tremendously grateful that you've shown the faker up and demonstrated to Ginna here how easily one can be led astray by superstition and ignorance. But enough of that. Park Rider, get out your pocket knife and help me to free our friend. right ho. <laughs> you have to forgive me, Watson, old boy, but trust up like that, you remind me of that night of our first year at school when the boys in the upper form decided to have a bit of a rag.
1: Good <laughs> Lord, you're not... But of course you are. Banjo, (laughs) dear old Banjo. Well, I I mean, your highness. Oh,
4: not to my friends, Johnny.
1: Tell me, uh, Banjoram, are you really the arm of Shiva and all that sort of thing, or or was that just plain swank?
2: Not at all, my dear Watson. In his highness's kingdom in India, his people are convinced he's partially supernatural.
4: Oh, it's rather tedious, you know, and quite frequently lonely. That's why I sent for this young scallywag to come and visit me. Come along now, Jinnah. There's no need to be frightened now, you know. Oh, I was not going to kill you, sir, no matter what they did to me. Really, I wasn't. Of course you weren't. Come along home. It's way past your bedtime. That's yes, right.
2: Pleasant dreams, Prince Gina. I fancy it'll be the first good night's sleep you've had for some time.
4: It will indeed, sir. I've been under a bit of a strain, but it was worth it. To meet the famous Mr. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs>
0: Oh, that was a narrow squeak, Dr. Watson. My my hair fairly stood on end.
1: Good for you, Mr. Harris. Uh, Glad I held your interest.
0: You did that. And and now, how about just a hint about next week's story, Dr. Watson?
1: Next week, I think I'll tell how I learned a great deal about the ancient sport of archery. In it, Holmes solved a murder in which the weapon was a rather unusual golden arrow. He solved it, I may say, by catching the murderer literally (laughs) red-handed.
0: makers of clipper craft clothes and 1036 leading stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character of Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by Alfred Shirley, and the dramatizations are by Edith Meiser. Sherlock Holmes is produced and directed by Basil Ochrin, with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, Two Hundred Fifth Fifth Avenue, New York City. Once again, it's your privilege to aid in the increasing fight against suffering, disease, and disaster. Once again, your American Red Cross confidently appeals to American generosity. To support its humane work. This year, then, give a little more because the need is greater. Be sure to listen next Sunday to Sherlock Holmes in Death is a Golden Arrow.